Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hi there, and welcome back. This is going to be for Luke chapter 22. We're only going to read a few verses in this one because we've read most of this in previous uh, lessons. This is also going to cover some of Mark chapter 14 and also Matthew 26. So let's go ahead and get into this one, and I'll then I'll show you where we're going to stop here in a minute. Okay, verse 1 of Luke 22. Now the Feast of Unleavened Bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. The Savior's 33rd birthday occurred just four days before he sat with the Twelve for the last time. According to John's account, the week-long Feast of Unleavened Bread would begin with the Passover meal the following evening. However, Jesus would not live to partake of it. The Last Supper was to be his last Passover as well, the death of the Lamb of God at about the ninth hour, or 3 p.m. The following afternoon officially ended the practice of animal sacrifice that had been instituted in the days of Adam. It also rendered null and void the law of Moses together with all of its ritual aspects. The death of Jesus was the legal death of the Old Covenant, even as his resurrection symbolized the rebirth of the New Covenant. The law of Christ... Consequently, Jehovah, the God of Israel, who gave the feast of the Passover, was with his apostles the last to lawfully partake of that feast on this earth. That was by Rodney Turner. In Matthew chapter 26, it says, in in verse 1, It came to pass, when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, Ye know that after two days is the Passover, and then the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Then assembled together the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people unto the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, and consulted or plotted that they might take Jesus by subtlety or treachery or cunning and kill him. In Luke it says, And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might kill him, but they feared the people. Their plan was to slay their Savior after the Passover, after the Galilean patriots had returned to their rugged homeland, after any sympathetic souls from outlying areas had departed for their dwelling places. Uh, Back to Matthew, verse 5, They said not, but they said, Not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. And then to verse 14 of Matthew, Then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went unto the chief priests. And back in uh, Luke it says, Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. Before Judas sold Christ to the Jews, he had sold himself to the devil. He had become Satan's serf and did his master's bidding. That was by James E. Talmadge. Bruce R. McConkie said, Satan can have no power over human souls unless it is given to him by them. People are subject to him only when they hearken to his enticements. In other words, Judas was an evil traitor because of personal wickedness, because he preferred to live after the manner of the world, because he loved Satan more than God. He truly had become carnal, sensual, and devilish. And then verse 4 in, in Luke says, And he went his way and communed with the chief priests and captains, how he might betray him unto them. Looks like Judas is actually taking the initiative here to betray Jesus. 
back to Matthew uh, verse 15, and said, What will ye give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. In Luke it says, And they were glad and covenanted to give him money. 30 pieces of silver is prophesied in Zechariah chapter 11 verse 12. 30 pieces of silver in our current modern day would be about $150. That might be a little bit more now that silver price has gone up a little bit. According to Edersheim, as quoted by Elder McConkie, the Lord was, so to speak, paid for out of the temple money, which was destined for the purchase of sacrifices, and that he, who took on him the form of a servant, was sold and bought at the legal price of a slave. Back to uh, back to uh, Matthew 26, verse 16, and from the and from that time he sought opportunity to betray Jesus. And then back in Luke it says, And he promised them, and sought opportunity to betray him unto them in the absence of the multitude. Soon after the prophet's arrival in commerce from Missouri prison, from Missouri prison, Brother Isaac Behunin and myself, Daniel Tyler, made him a visit at his residence. His persecutions was the topic of conversation. He repeated many false, inconsistent, and and contradictory statements made against him by apostates, frightened members of the church, and outsiders. When the prophet had ended telling how he had been treated, Brother Bahunin remarked, If I should leave this church, I would not do as these men have done. I I would go to some remote place where Mormonism had never been heard of, settle down, and no one would ever learn that I knew anything about it. The great seer immediately replied, Brother Behunin, you, know, you don't know what you would do. No doubt these men once thought as you do. Before you joined this church, you stood on neutral ground. When the gospel was preached, good and evil were set before you. You could choose either or neither. There were two opposite masters inviting you to serve them. When you joined this church, you enlisted to serve God. When you did that, you left the neutral ground and you never can get back onto it. We know from uh, church history that Isaac Buchanan, Buchanan uh, died true to the faith in Utah in 1881. Why did Judas become a traitor and seek to betray Jesus? Mark says he turned away from him and was offended because of his words. He was a traitor because of personal wickedness, because he preferred to live after the manner of the world, because he loved Satan more than God. He truly had become carnal, sensual, and devilish by choice. That was by Elder McConkie. We, I told you in, in a previous episode uh, that uh, we don't believe that Judas could have been a, uh, become a son of perdition because he didn't have enough knowledge to do that. Um, but... Uh, but we also think that he was probably uh, going to end up in the celestial kingdom because he did the betrayal and because he uh, committed suicide too. So anyway, that's the end of today's reading, and we'll come back next time, and we'll see what happens next time. Thanks. Bye.